Well, I have hit record and I have lines. Hey, everyone, you're listening to the Damn Fine TV podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jasmine. And I'm Mel's. And this is a very special episode of the Damn Fine TV podcast. Uh, I don't mean like a after school special or like a Saved by the Bell special episode, though. Like, we're not going to give you a moral to the story. We're not going <laughs> to tell you drugs are bad. What I mean is this is a special episode because we have some special guests on the show we are kicking off our series of the best in TV from 2020, and I am super excited. I'm legitimately fangirling on the inside and trying to keep everything together. But this week, we have the hosts of Strangeful Things here. So let's welcome Acadia. Hello. And Shuey. How you doing? Uh, I'm great. I'm so excited that you guys are here. Thank you so much for doing this. This is well, like I just said. We're psyched to be here. Uh, that makes me so happy. I'm I am a legit fan of Strangeful Things. It is one of my highlights each and every week. I love to see it pop up in my podcast app. And this is, you know, I guess anytime one podcast goes on another podcast, it's a crossover. But this just feels like <laughs> a more epic crossover because, of course, Mel's is also a host of Strangeful Things. So this just <laughs> yes. feels really special. And I'm super excited. Um Let's, before we dive into our favorite TV from the year, let's chat a little bit about Strangeful Things. Like, you know, listeners of our show will probably know a little bit because they've heard the ads or they've heard us talk about it or heard me like squeal about it from time to time. But uh, tell us what you guys do over at Strangeful Things. Well, we try to take stuff that you probably didn't want to know and make it fun to hear. <laughs> like <laughs> murders and gross stuff and historical monstrosities. But also fun cryptids and ghosts and UFOs and that kind of stuff. So it's your it's your typical X filey topic, but we try to keep it light. A potpourri of weirdness. Ooh, yes. that's good. I like that. Thanks. <laughs> you guys do keep that it nice good. and light though. You have like you guys have such a great chemistry. You're always making me laugh, like sometimes to the point of tears, quite honestly. And I definitely get some strange looks when I'm out walking my dog and listening to the show, <laughs> but I wouldn't have it any other way. So, Acadia, I know you had this show for a while now and you've had some different hosts. So how did like this iteration of the show come to be? Like, how do you know Shuey? How do you know Mel's? How are you guys doing this version of the show now? Well, Shuey has been blessed to know me for <laughs> like 30 years. It's a lot we of years, went to yes. college together. Oh, wow. Okay. And we're yes. super, super old. Um, nice. He was actually, yeah. he was not, <laughs> he was not my roommate, but we didn't like the roommate we had. So one weekend we just moved <laughs> Shuey into our room, like made beds into bunk beds that weren't oh, supposed yeah. to be bunk beds. <laughs> when the other kid came back, we're like, yeah, no, Shuey lives here now. Oh my God, that's <laughs> and, amazing. Uh, and I hated my roommates too. So it was a perfect, it was a perfect thing. We've been together ever since. Ever since. And Mel's like <laughs> just 
got her way into into everything because she had so many good theories about Castle Rock mm. that she would write these super great emails into Castle Rock <laughs> Historical Society that I do with Hannah Selector. And uh, she, I mean, she had better theories than we did, so it just seemed like a natural <laughs> progression <laughs> that we'd start, you know, and we, and Mel's and I did an American Horror Story show. Yeah. Did we do anything else, Mel's? I can't remember. Yeah, we did a show on The Watchmen, on Watchmen. Oh, that's right, too. Yep. And, uh, because Mel's loves TV, as you <laughs> know, Jasmine. I and, do, uh, yeah. She's just been uh, a joy. And like, I know it's kind of weird that I've had so many co-hosts, but you know how it is. Like people get excited about something and then real life takes over and they got to go do something else and whatever like that. And I don't. Yeah. Even Kelly Ripper's had multiple partners. (laughs) Yeah. Multiple partners. I just say it like that. (laughs) Oh, Lord. So Acadia is the Kelly Ripper of podcasting. Yes. (laughs) Apparently. I'm incredibly textually active. (laughs) (laughs) Textually active. You're so silly. (laughs) Oh, well, that's awesome. I love that uh, it was because of Castle Rock that you got onto Strangeful Mel's because it's absolutely because of the Castle Rock Historical Society podcast that you and I even met. So That's right. Yeah. So I guess thank you, Acadia and Hannah, as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thanks to Castle Rock Historical Society for bringing all of this together today. Yep. Even then, we just keep chugging, even though there's no more Castle Rock I Historical know. Society. Oh, that's mm. I was sad. just going to say, well, you guys are still doing that podcast, right? Or are you going to maybe yep. switch things up because there's no more Castle Rock? Or we're going to keep the name, yeah, uh, but we're going to do we're going to do the stand. Cool. When it comes out. Oh, sure. Because right. that so- stays that stays in the Stephen King land yeah well maybe we'll have to do some kind of crossover for that because mel's and i are yep. definitely going to cover the stand as well so yeah yeah we'll no, figure that something would be out. fun yeah agree amazing well okay one more question before we dive into the main event i gotta know what's kind of the first favorite tv show you guys ever had chewy you want to jump <laughs> in first <laughs> yeah i'm gonna get well uh <laughs> I, I I guess it depends on how young we'd like to go. It's up right. to you. My my first favorite show ever, and and Acadia's going to kick my ass. It's not a cartoon, which I think he would expect, but it was probably the Muppet Show. Okay, <laughs> I love it because it was funny as hell. It was very adultly written, and I was like a smart ten year old kid at the time. So you know, oh wow, Brad, I got into it. You know. You know, more than maybe other kids did and stuff and got some of the older stuff. But it was, I, I just think like, I like TV that takes me away from stuff. Although 2020 was completely different. 2020, everything I watched pulled me into mm. a place. Whereas, uh, you know, growing up, it was always stuff like that. And then like maybe like Magnum when I was a teenager and then The Simpsons and then it's been The Simpsons, you know. But yeah, probably Muppets. Nice. Show. And you have kids, right? I, uh, well, I have adult children. That's right. how old I am. Well, no, I was just yes. going to ask if, if like the Muppet show was something that you showed to them when they were younger and. I tried. Okay. I tried. I don't, I don't think, I don't think people today 
if you didn't get if you didn't get the Muppets when you were a kid, I don't know that you would get them now because with CGI and everything else, like why still use puppets? Yeah, fair kind enough. Of thing. Like and like they keep trying to reboot it. Like there's a show on Disney Plus now that they tried to they're trying to reboot the Muppet Show again for like the third or fourth time, but well, they, they keep just making I couldn't get them into and... it. Yeah, yeah, I tried to get them into it. I couldn't. Aww. I couldn't. How do you feel about a Muppets Christmas Carol? <laughs> that is probably in my top. It's definitely in my top five Christmas movies. Yeah, it's a classic. Uh, I love Paul Williams' music, and I think the rats are hilarious. <laughs> when they're when they're when <laughs> one of my favorite scenes in any movie is when Kermit's like, "How oh, can we please have some more coal?" It's like, "Yeah, how cold it's going to be on the unemployment line," and the rats are like, "Heat wave!" and they all have like grass skirts on and shit. <laughs> Like that's the kind of stuff I love. Oh, that's amazing! I must, I must yeah, be the only person in the world that cannot stand that movie. Oh, <laughs> really? Michael Caine. No, I'm with you, Mills. I never oh. watch it. Well, oh, you don't like gosh. anything that any young people would enjoy. That's you're for just me. Old. You're not just for old. Me. <laughs> well, not you. I don't, I don't know what it is. I mean, it's just funny because several years ago. The moms group in the uh, community that I lived in in Texas, they all wanted to get together. Like we would wrap some gifts and we would have some wine and we would like uh, watch a Christmas movie. And I was like, oh, this is going to be great. And I hosted it at my house and I was like, okay, so I've got the wine. I've got you bring the wrapping paper. I said, <laughs> and I've got Christmas vacation queued up and uh, like. Every other mom in the group was like, we're not going to watch the Muppets Christmas Carol. And I was like, <sighs> no, this is my night all from kids stuff. And they were like, <laughs> no. And I got so overruled on that. And so I ended <laughs> up watching the Muppets Christmas Carol. And I was like, oh, okay. Well. Vacation's another top fiver. Yeah. Vacation's I mean, definitely another top five Christmas movie. Yeah. I mean, I had my little moose like mugs out and everything. Like, you know. Merry Christmas. Shitter's full. <laughs> I was so ready to have that adult. And then, yeah, it's fine, though. I mean, it was still a wonderful night. But nonetheless, I was just like, I just wanted a day off from kids' stuff. That's all. <laughs> I think that's Sometimes fair. Sometimes you just don't get that. Yeah, no, I I've come to realize that that's, that's <laughs> gone with the wind. <laughs> I just sort of picture you tucking into the wine a little bit more than you might have that night, though, and oh, finding yeah. finding some sort of love for the Muppets by the end. But the next day, you're like, mm -mm, no. Yeah, the next day I was a hungover and b <laughs> I had gotten into like my good wine stash at Ooh. that point. I was like, I this is like. I'm getting the old stuff out. I'm just going to have to go with it. And they were like, <laughs> they were all just looking at me like I had six heads. And I was like, it's not a big deal. But I just <laughs> was like really looking forward to watching Christmas Vacation that night. <laughs> it's not a big deal, you infants. Let's watch this stupid movie for babies. <laughs> movie for babies. <laughs> oh, gosh. I got tears coming out of my eyes. Just remember it. <laughs> <laughs> Sad tears, I'm assuming. Well, it's a mix. It's a mix. <laughs> All right, Acadia, how about you? Favorite first ever show? Happy Days. Oh, oh very yeah. nice. By by far, because, and I can't remember, I mean, other than like cartoons and stuff, you know what sure. I mean? But yeah. that doesn't, um, that was the first show that had 
real people on it that I remember because it, I don't know when it started, but it seemed like it was syndicated like instantly right away. <laughs> yeah. Cause it came out in 75, I think. So it was always, always, always on. And Fonzie yeah. was the coolest and, and everything about like, it was just corny enough that a little kid could get it. Right. Right. You know? And, uh, I just, I mean, I, I still remember lines from it because I think just because I saw so many of the episodes so many times. Yeah. You know what's weird so about that show? Absolutely. Huh? Richie was gone for most of it. Like, it lasted longer after Richie left than it was around with Richie on it. Really? Yeah. It was on for 12 years. Oh, wow. Because it's I on MeTV now. So I occasionally watch it because I watch old <laughs> TV. Um, I have and never it gave us the phrase "jump the shark." Yeah, yes, which is pretty big. I mean, that's uh, yeah. very yeah. widely used in like television, you know, chats mm-hmm. these days. Yeah. yeah, I've never seen a single episode of it, but I know so much about it because <laughs> it's one of those like classic TV shows. Yeah, Melissa, have you ever watched it? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I. I have older parents, and so that I did watch that as a child. I I never picked it. Hold as on a well. second. It, it was a, you have you had older parents, so so you're saying <laughs> that oh no, but not not that I understand that you're too young to have seen it because you were born when while it was still on, by the way, but not for long. It was still on. Yes. Yes. But but you're saying you have older parents, right? And that's why you know about this show from the '70s and '80s. Well, what I mean by that is that <laughs> we didn't have cable TV. First of all, okay, we had an oh. antenna, and so when we did get <laughs> all right, Katie, you had a cardboard box with a possum in it. <laughs> right, Katie, possum yeah. shows and that was until 1997. <laughs> No need to make the jokes about that. Right? Listen, we all know I grew up in the podunks of the South. Okay? Why does every yeah. show have a raccoon on it? It was just drawings that I did. They painted they, they it up in a cardboard box. I didn't catch on until I was in high school. No, no, no. What I'm saying is, so when we did get channels, that would come in, it was always stuff that they wanted to watch, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's what I mean by, and their favorite shows were like Happy Days or um, there was what the Dick Van Dyke show or like things like that, Bewitched. Yeah. So I watched yeah. those shows because those were their favorite shows. Right. Um, and that's why I say I had older parents and and that was their favorite shows. And so that's why that was on the TV at the time. Ah, um, and that's why I don't pick it because when I came into enjoying TV, that wasn't something that was a show of my parents. It was like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. You see right. what I'm saying ah, nice. now? Yeah. Well, that's because a pretty that was good like, first show. Right. That yeah. was like one of the first shows where my parents weren't like, I don't, I know everything that's happening in this show. Right. Because I really right. like Bewitched. It's one of my favorite shows, but it was because my parents introduced me to that. Right. 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 Yeah, and you got to watch Buffy as being like only just a couple of years younger than them, right? Yeah, right. right exactly. I, I have a fun yeah. Buffy anecdote that I just saw like Ooh. a week ago. 
Yes. Well, do so tell. someone tweeted, Angel was the right boyfriend for Buffy when she was coming into her power, and Spike was the right boyfriend for Buffy once she had attained her power. And I was like, wow, that's a really smart quote. Who said that? Who said the tweet? It was Stacey Abrams, that political lady that ran for Whoa. governor of In Georgia. Georgia. Right? Wow. Oh, really? She's amazing. Yeah. yeah and I'm like, all that, and she likes Buffy too? Good for her. Good for yeah. her. Yeah. We love her. And it was a smart tweet. Yeah, that's yeah. a really good take. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I was a little thrown off when when it started with Angel being the better boyfriend. I was like, I don't yeah. know about this. Where's this going? Uh, Where's this going? <laughs> and Mel's, I know what you mean about having to watch what your parents watch, because that's why for most of my childhood, the only shows I remember are Lawrence Welk and Hee Haw. Yeah. Well, exactly. <laughs> I had a lot yeah. of Gilligan's Island. And the brand. Oh, yeah, that's Gilligan. true. It was all soap operas for me. Soap oh. operas yeah, when I was with I spent, my grandmother. Yes, I spent a lot of time with my grandmother, so it was all that. It was like Days of Our Lives. Yes. Another World. Ugh. Another World. Like, Young and the Restless. There's only like three soap operas left now, I think. Young and the Restless. It's funny because when I would be with my grandmother over the summers, it was like, okay, from 12 to 4.30, I yeah. knew I had, to, yeah. I had to occupy myself unless I wanted to watch. It was news. You know, it was Price is Right, news, then started Young and the Restless, and then all the, you know, so all the other ones up until 4.30. And then we, yeah. because it was my grandmother, we would usually have dinner at like 4.30 sure. or 5. Yeah. And then after, <laughs> that, after that, it was Wheel of Fortune. And then it went on to like either uh, like the Opry Grand Ole Opry <laughs> Night special, you know? So, like, that was the TV with my grandparents growing up. <laughs> the Oak Ridge Boys. I will never forget hearing oh, them boy. sing Elvira, you know? Like, oh, <laughs> what a lineup. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mel's, I think we talked about this before, but did your grandma watch Passions? No, she actually did not because she found that to be too, quote unquote, uh, trashy for her right so yeah, she, yeah. she never got into passions and, and she was like there's too much there's too much going on here too many shirtless men too many like supernatural she was like i can't do this type of stuff you know she was like and she was so funny like i i love spending time with her because this is how she explained to me when they would be in bed you know and it would be like one character would be in bed with this one and then like two scenes later she'd be in bed with the other one and my grandmother said, that is what we call bed hopping, okay? Like was, <laughs> and I was like, I don't get it. And she's like, just don't worry about what they're doing. She's, you know, they're just bed hopping. And I was like, all right, whatever bed hopping means. What do you mean? But- like jumping on the bed, grandma? What are you talking about? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm telling you, she had some, she had a one-liner or something for every single thing in life. But man, oh, the, cool. the bed hopping still stays to me with, like stays with me to this day where I'm like, oh, they're just bed hopping, you know? And if I look to me like I've got, you know, like I'm cross-eyed, they're like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, don't worry about it. They're just bed hopping. (laughs) (laughs) That's how you're going to teach this to James, right? Yeah, exactly. This is bed hopping, son. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it. I love how that question always seems to take us down like a full-on memory lane. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. Well, because like so many things in your life are like attached to TV. Yeah. Yeah. 
I know, at least, I guess, you know, for all four of us, that is true. It's weird when I meet someone and I ask them that question and they're like, well, I didn't really watch TV as a kid. I wasn't really allowed to watch stuff. And they're like, just getting into television now. I mean, I'm not putting a, I don't know if that's good or bad, but it's just strange to me because I really did grow up watching TV. And I think it's different now. Like, like back then there was only a few channels. So we all watched the same stuff. Yeah. Like now, no, like even the most popular show is only watched by like 10 million people. Yeah. You know, Seinfeld used to get like 35 million people every week. So like there was a lot of people that actually could talk about it. Now it's like, you know, everybody's got their own genre and you got all the streaming services and nobody watches the same thing. Yeah. Right. Very true. Yeah. I feel like when Game of Thrones was ending, people were talking about like, is this the last quote unquote water cooler show? Right, right. So, yeah. Well, yeah, now there's no water coolers, so I guess so. (laughs) Yeah, it's true, too. And nobody on the Zoom meetings will let you fuck around before the meeting starts, so. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's like, as soon as you you log on, it's it's ready to go. There's no no bullshitting around. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely a different landscape. But uh, that's why I like having this show, so we can still talk about TV. Yeah, yeah, that's important. I think it's important that that as cultures we have like a shared something, you know, that whether yeah. it be TV or movies or whatever, music, that there's yeah, something about us. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about some of our favorite TV from this year. Um, Mel's, do you want to dive in with something first? Yes. I'm going to talk about first up the outsider. Mm-hmm. And I know that everyone on this episode have all watched The Outsider, so I figured it would be a good one for us to all discuss. Yeah. Um, and I guess I'll just say, like, listeners, if you don't want to hear about certain shows, just check the show notes, because I assume for most of these, there will be, you know, pretty spoiler heavy. So, yeah. Yes. So for me, that and that was, like, the first show that I watched of 2020. So... It gets bonus points for that. It was like still, you know, before <laughs> everything went to hell in a handbag, right? Yeah. But um, I loved it because obviously I'm a huge Stephen King fan and I love uh, any adaptation, whether it's good or bad, of a Stephen <laughs> King um, piece of work. <laughs> and Katie, I know you're, you even laugh Even Silver Bullet? Even Silver Bullet. Silver Bullet's good, that. but I'll make you... I'll make you watch Graveyard Shift with me and see. Oh, we'll test that. Now that tough. one, I'll watch it, but that one Tommy was a hard one to watch. I watch, <laughs> I watch the Tommy. Hey, listen, I with said I will watch anything. Yes, Jimmy <laughs> <Smith>. <laughs> <laughs> But I loved the HBO adaptation of The Outsider. Yeah. I'm glad that it went to HBO. I loved the actors that they chose to play the characters, even if they were not. Um, like the actress was amazing. They they that played Holly, and Holly uh-huh. was actually from another series, the Bill Hodges trilogy. Mister Mercedes is where she uh-huh. was introduced, and um, she's that's actually got a TV show as well, and it's played by a totally different actress. And so I really liked the choices that they made on their acting. I think they did great with that. Um, and I think they did a really good job of, a, of adapting the story. There were some things that I knew wouldn't be able to translate into 
film or television very well. But and some of those things were disappointing, like the way that the outsider looked when he would come to like the window of the little girls, the way that it was described in the book. I wish that there was a little bit more of that um, in the series. But that's me just being nitpicky. I think that's something that even with special effects, you wouldn't be able to probably get to the level of where Stephen King, one of his great things is that he is a describer, right? And he will write (laughs) (laughs) 50 pages about one thing and you're like, okay, and he will beat it to death. But you appreciate that because it helps you imagine exactly what he's trying to get through. But I say all that to say that I loved The Outsider. Um, There were a few things Jasmine and I always had a great laugh over the fact that there was a plugged in lamp in a cave. (laughs) Um, So there were some things that we were like, okay, wow, you know, but overall it was a fantastic show to start off 2020. I'm still waiting to know how much rent was for that cave because it was it was well furnished. It had electricity. (laughs) It had a bed for goodness sake. I mean, come on. (laughs) <laughs> but and I the know dude that was Shui, always awake. <laughs> yeah, he was. He never slept. They don't sleep. But I know that Shuey and Acadia both watched that. So I would was wondering what your thoughts were on Outsider. I was surprised as because I didn't read the book uh, because I've forgotten how to read apparently. Um, and <laughs> oh my, I was surprised as hell that that Jason Bateman was gone so quickly. Right. Like, I thought, oh, this is a Jason Bateman show. Oh, yeah. well, I guess it's not. Yeah. Because he's not bulletproof. And uh, so it ended up, I mean, I, I thought it was marvelous, the whole thing. But I really was shocked by the fact that, you know, you get somebody big in there to start off. And I guess, I don't know, I guess the 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 actor that played the cop and, and the actress that played Holly are, are big names. Just yes. I wasn't familiar with them. And then I found out they were both British because I watched some like interview show and that threw me all off because I don't know why British people are better at doing American accents than Americans are. And uh, <laughs> so, so true. Uh, it, it, for being the big name and people saying it was a Jason Bateman series and I realize now it was because he produced it and directed a bunch of them. Right. But that really threw me that, that he was gone so quick. Right, right. Well, Ben Mendelsohn, is it Mendelssohn? Is that Mendelsohn, how it's Mendelssohn, yeah. yeah, who played, you know, Ralph. Um, he's on one of my favorite shows, Bloodline. Well, uh, it was a it's not on anymore. It was a short series, but uh I was so excited that he was gonna be in it because I loved him from that show. So and he did a really good job. I, it's not the Ralph that I had imagined from the book, but I really liked the Ralph that he brought to the screen. So my thing on the outside is I'm not as huge a Stephen King person as, as my <gasps> fellow grackles. I was a huge Stephen King reader. I think the last time thing I read, I tried reading Mr. Mercedes. I couldn't finish it before that. It was probably like insomnia. So that's how long it's been since I was a big Stephen King fan. But I did love uh, The Outsider. I thought the acting was awesome. I thought, uh, um, you know, it was another quality um, HBO 9 p.m. Sunday show. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it fit in nicely with everything else they've done. Yeah, they really win 9 o'clock on Sunday. Oh, yeah. Oh, and they have been for a while, yeah. It's like as soon as one ends, like, there's another, like, 
top notch show like right there. It's awesome. Yeah, it's like they have someone working in the programming department or something, like just really thinking about that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. But they can actually do it. There's like 150 yes, other yeah. people doing the same thing for other networks, and they, they kind of suck at it. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm honestly struggling to remember The Outsider in detail just because it was so, well, it feels like it was forever ago. But right. I remember feeling a little apprehensive about it because I'm not a huge Jason Bateman fan. So when he was gone, I was also really surprised. And I thought, no, there's no way. Like, he'll be back. There's something in this story that's going to allow him to come back because he is such a big name. But that actually made me like the show a lot more that he was gone (laughs) so quickly. So I really got into it. (laughs) And I remember like... I remember really enjoying a lot of it, but then Mel's like, refresh my memory. Were we a little disappointed with the finale or just like a little bit let down or something? Yeah, I mean, it didn't have the big ending that the book had, but I will also say this, that Stephen King himself doesn't always land the endings. (laughs) His endings aren't always Right, yeah. So I'm wondering if it's like what you had to work with, uh, (laughs) the way that they ended it. (laughs) I hate to even say things like that because I'm such a huge Stephen King fan, but it is the reality that we live in, is that nine times out of ten, you might be disappointed in the ending of, of one of his books. And and that's just the way that it is. And he even acknowledges it himself. So I'm pretty sure that the ending to the show had, it, it was mainly at what they had to, to work with on the material level. And a lot of gotcha. the way that the book ended, again, I don't think would translate onto the screen. Plus they did a different ending by leaving it a little open-ended to the possibility of there being, you know, more another season Mm -hmm. of it or something like that. So that was different also because the way that he, he ended the outsider and it won't have, you know, an actual like sequel to it because he ended the book. So. Well, they, they had planned on doing a season two and then they dropped it. And now the production company is shopping it around to other networks. Oh, really? Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. HBO had originally planned it. And uh, then, yeah, it's it's almost like the Stephen King renaissance is ending as quickly as it started. So hopefully the, the stand will bring things back a little bit. But, yeah, the, they had originally assumed it was going to continue. And I wouldn't be, I mean, I wouldn't mind a season two just to see where they go with it. But I, I'm also a purist when it comes to, and I feel like it should have just been one season and it should have just yeah. ended, so... See, I'm a person that would take a million sequels of just about anything. <laughs> Honestly, like how like I can still watch The Simpsons and enjoy it. It's been on for a thousand years. Like, I, I don't care. Like, just keep yeah. giving me more of the same characters. <laughs> you know, they who, actually, needs, who needs new characters? Not not to get too not to get too, you know, analytical on this, but they have proven that people who watching the same sitcoms over and over again is a way to ease depression because you know what's going to happen and it's very familiar and comfortable. Oh, well, that explains a lot. (laughs) I thought that might be helpful. (laughs) So is that why I watch Leave it to Beaver in the morning? Shows that you didn't even watch when they were on. My three sons that were on years before I was born. And lived a life that I never experienced. 
wait, both parents at home? They love you? <laughs> what, what is this? What is this? What is, what is this? No wonder everybody wants to go back to olden times. They made it look like it was freaking great. Yeah, yeah. right. Mom's vacuuming again with her dress and pearls. Her dress and pearls, you know. <laughs> and <it>. high heels. <laughs> high heels. <laughs> <laughs> and she's always got on a nice dress and apron while she's cooking. Yeah, every and every every meal is of on course. the good china. Well, you know, it's so Hair funny. Hair is done up perfect. Because, like, Ugh. my mom never wore an apron the, the few times that she cooked. So, I mean. My I, mother was the worst cook in the world. Like, I think 90% of my meals were casseroles. Oh, man. And, and we ate a lot of, like, I'm not even going to go there because y'all are just going to laugh at me again. But anyway. <laughs> well, probably. But what, what was it? Well, we ate like fried bologna. We ate like oh, we did <laughs> we fried that. bologna. Okay, we did all fried right. bologna. So we had a lot of fried bologna, though. Like, uh, and but I always thought to myself, why doesn't my mom wear an apron? Because, like I said, we were watching all those older shows where everyone <laughs> put on the apron and they put on the heels and they had a full face of makeup. And then my mom's <laughs> over there and like you know, sweatpants and a Christmas sweater. And I'm like, where's all this? In April. <laughs> In April, yeah. That's Making great. hot dog soup. Making hot dog soup, that's right. <laughs> well, like, think hot about some of those. Hot spaghetti. Yeah, exactly. Like, think of some of the crap in those old shows. Like, you were talking about bewitched smells, right? Like, yes. So she has all these great powers to let her do everything, and her asshole husband is <laughs> demands that she not use them. He wasn't and everybody's like, astronaut. oh, that's great. <laughs> no, he wasn't an oh. astronaut. That was um, I Dream of That Genie. was uh, I Dream of Genie. <laughs> well, what the hell was the other guy? He just worked They're out. They're all the a... same. They yeah, were very no. similar shows, <laughs> and they were on at the same time on the same yeah. network. So. He oh, just well, worked then. out at a newspaper place or a book uh, he was oh, no, one guy he was a pr he was an advertising exec advertising that's it that's and he it. had that yep. that her- terrible boss that boss. stole all his ideas mr, <laughs> mr. tate mr tate oh, my. <laughs> jasmine's like yeah this is what i wanted my show to be a uh, <laughs> yeah, reminiscing like, of great. of shows on old on crappers 30 years before <laughs> my demographic um this is great can we please talk about maybe no, a actually, Humphrey i'm really Bogart enjoying movie? it Yes, yeah. this is like your, your, it counts as community service, like you went to an old folks' home. Oh. It's like playing piano at the old folks' home. Oh, story time and crafts. Story time and crafts. We'll just change the theme to a retrospective. Our favorite shows from the 1900s. From the 1900s. A, 20, a 20th century retrospective. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, it's like a show that people can share with their grandma and grandpa. <laughs> you know, it's, just, it's, it's family fun. <laughs> it is like, family well, fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. These guest episodes are really a crapshoot, <laughs> and apparently yeah. I, I, cra- I shot some crap. <laughs> Listen, you're our first guest, so you really set the bar. <laughs> We're doing a great job of setting that bar, too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think so. <gasps> All right. So is that wrapped up on The Outsider? Any final thoughts there? I mean, I'm good. I honestly, like I said, I'm I'm having a hard time remembering what even happened in the show. I remember <laughs> definitely enjoying 
Ben Mendelsohn, and I think it's Cynthia Erivo yes. that played Holly. Yes. I mean, I enjoyed their she chemistry was great, a lot. Yeah. yeah, she was amazing. Um, I like I remember being frustrated with Ralph's inability to just get on board with the whole supernatural aspect of it all. But then once he did, that was very exciting. So, yeah. you know, it was smart. Yeah. You just jogged my memory about something. The episode where you really thought that he was going to get it and didn't yeah. was the one where they kept focusing on that bug that was on its back and couldn't get off its back, like yeah, symbolizing right. the fact that yeah. he couldn't get the fuck moving. Yeah. Like, I loved that. It was smart. Yeah, I really liked that as well. I think if anything, maybe they could have moved it up an episode just so he was on board a little bit quicker. Yeah. But once they got there, it all it all made sense. And I don't know. It had good pacing for the most part. So, but yeah, that was a lot of fun to cover earlier this year. Uh, and like you guys were saying, I hope I hope the stand sort of, you know, gives us some more hope for Stephen King adaptations. Yeah. And it's a different take, right, than the 90s one? Like, this one starts after everybody's dead or something, right? They're not showing the the part where it shows how the pandemic spreads because they were like, yeah, everybody kind of already knows that. Right. (laughs) And we're kind of living in it. They're still (laughs) going to have... They're still going to have Larry will be in New York and he has to get out. Like, everybody's going to start where they started, but they're not going to do the... The, right. Like, like the, the remember guy the opening breaking out the of 90s? the military? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the guy breaking out of the military base and the right. gas station. And yeah. Yeah. That was, a, you know, that when I watched that in the 90s, I loved it. But I, I don't know. Maybe it's just a 90s thing. But it, I, I don't think it holds up at all. So I'm really looking oh. forward to the new one. And it had great people in it. You know, Gary Sinise and Patrick Starr. So I never saw that version and I haven't read <gasps> the book either. So I'm... I know. So I'm really excited to kind of go in without any knowledge. She's but going in. I'm wow, you're talking she's to three nerds who have read the unabridged version. Yeah. Oh, my God. I own that. <laughs> I own that. And I use it to, like, prop doors See? and stuff. Well, it's very, that very big, handy. Yeah. But I can't do listen some curls. <laughs> can't listen to this. You, you can't prop you a door. You know I've never done that with a book. Okay, I was about to say, I know mm-hmm. you would never disrespect a book like that. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but it is on my Stephen King shelf. And I thought earlier this year, I was like, yep, this is the year. I'm going to pull it out. I'm going to read it. And then we got closer and closer to December. And I was like, I'm not going to read it in time. And so now it's like I have to choose one or the other. And I'm going to go with the TV version. And then I'll probably read the book. But I'm so looking forward to hearing your like book to TV thoughts about it like actually from both of you on your show Acadia and then on our show as well Mel so should be exciting I'm excited yeah all right well who wants to jump in next how about you Acadia well I made myself a little list and great I I mean to me the absolute best show of the year was Lovecraft Country but it was not my favorite show of the year. So, gotcha. I mean, it was unequivocally, I mean, I loved it. And and it, it's it's as close as you can get to being my favorite without actually winning. But my favorite was season two of What We Do in the Shadows. And oh, I cool. don't know if you guys watch that. And I don't know if you ever saw the movie Anybody that's listening, if you haven't seen the movie, see it immediately and then start with season one of the TV show and move on to season two because it is the straight up 
funniest show that I've seen in at least the last five years. That's a Taika Waititi thing, right? Yep, yep. It's Taika Waititi. He he He's and Jermaine awesome. Clement, who was from Flight of the Concords, right? Mm-hmm. They made this movie. And have you, you any of you seen it? Yes, it's hilarious. Okay, good. Uh, they made this movie. It was a documentary about uh, vampires in New Zealand, <laughs> yeah. and like to give you the best. And they're just idiots. And they they try to it's it's a perfect fish out of water, but also with ridiculous horror aspects and they're enemies with the werewolves. But the werewolves are trying to be better than everybody else. And at one point they go, you know, we're werewolves, not swearwolves. And that should give you like a good indication of what they're like. But the show moves everything to this set of four vampires that live in a house on Staten Island and like to get it, it, the fish out of water part. You can't, you can't ignore because one of them is like 500 years old from like Carpathia. And the, the other ones are from like the, the 18th century and they get invited to a Super Bowl party with a, that means nothing to them, so they just assume it was a typo and that they're going to a superb owl party. <laughs> <laughs> Everything about it is just amazing. And what network they, is it on? It's on FX. FX. Okay, okay. Oh, Mel's, I cannot I cannot recommend it more. I mean, I don't know what you think, um, Jasmine, but to me... It, this was a year where laughs were in kind of short supply and I was all excited that they were bringing wipeout back and then somebody died after being on wipeout. So I don't even know if they're going to do that. So I can't even watch people get hit in the head with kickballs. And that's always (laughs) fun. Yes. But this was, I mean, Tiger King was great. Oh, for, I mean, if you, if you think back to what it meant to know what Tiger King was when the pandemic first started, you want to talk about a touchstone yeah Yeah. uh but i i have to say if 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 you were going to tell me you have to watch something from 2020 again it would be what we do in the shadows and that was the kind of my deciding factor on what my favorite was oh can't 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 say enough about it well except i guess i I can because i'm all done (laughs) 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 i have seen the movie and i enjoyed it so much i really like jermaine clement i'm a huge fan of flight of the concords and so i was very excited to see him in that and then i got a little disappointed that he wasn't going to be in the show so i was a little bit resistant to get into it but i have seen a couple episodes of season one uh and it's i mean it's it's different in a way but it's just as good it's got like the same humor and everything so I definitely know what you're talking about. And looking for those laughs this year is definitely, you know, I totally understand. And Jermaine Clement directed a bunch of them. And he also he also wrote a bunch of them. And he took great pleasure in the fact that in the finales of both seasons, he basically wrote them into a corner and then said, yeah, I'm not doing it anymore. So you guys can figure out what to do. Oh, I love that. (laughs) To get them out of it. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And that's why, like, I mean, I feel it has the same humor and sort of vibe that the movie does, because if he's writing it, then, yeah, yeah, it's going to track. Right. But yeah. 
Oh, I can't. Chewy, you'll love it. I'll check it out. I I love Taika Waititi, so it makes sense that I would. I don't know why I haven't watched it, to be honest. Do you um, love him or do you just love saying his name? <laughs> I do like saying his name. That's definitely part of it. Um, but I do love him. I thought Jojo Rabbit was one of the best movies I've seen in the last, you know, 10 years or something. Yeah, it was Like great. to make Nazis and, and the experience of Jews in World War II funny um, <laughs> is, is kind of fucked <laughs> That's up. That's quite but a reach. <laughs> yeah. But it was. But it was a, it was a really good movie. So, But for me... For me, 2020 was all about depressing myself, and sure. um, well, I, I you know with the, with the with the pandemic, I had my kids home, my non kid kids, um, one of whom is is super socially active. So if anybody w- follows my Twitter, my uh, Twitter or Instagram, they notice that just about everything I post is either my cats or some racial thing. So. <laughs> So I liked watching stuff that, you know, taught me things, but also depressed the crap out of me. Like whether I never, I had never seen Umbrella Academy before this year. Um, so I jumped in and watched both seasons in like two days. And, you know, the fact that the second season takes place in the sixties and you have all the Allison stuff. Um, yeah. and then, you know, then there was when they, when they see us about the central park five was, was amazing. Um, then Lovecraft was good enough to throw in stuff right in the first episode. And I learned about sundown towns yeah, mm-hmm. and crap, like only to find out that my hometown was one, um, oh, in no. New York. Oh, wow. Yeah. Imagine that. And I like, and I agreed with you all with, um, with Lovecraft. I thought, I thought, uh, it kind of petered out at the end. I like, it kind of like rushed just to kind of get it done in 10 episode kind of thing. Um, well, do you guys want to talk about Lovecraft? I feel like we all kind of had that on our list. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Well, Chewie, why don't you kick us off with your thoughts on that? All right. So so my, my thoughts on Lovecraft, I think I loved, and it, and this is kind of what you guys had talked about, and it was, you know, the, the idea of like um, the symbolism with, you know, like the monsters, you know, what they really represent as, you know, metaphors and shit like that. Like yeah. going back to what we talked about earlier with like things like Buffy and Angel, where they did like that same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I love when they do stuff like that. I think, I think it can be so creatively done. And, um, and I, and I think they did a great job with that. And I think how they threw in real life stuff like the Emmett Till, um, I just thought was, uh, was just really powerful. And, yeah. uh, yeah. Yeah, like I, I mean, you kind of touched on this a little bit before, but this was a show that I learned a lot from. And, yeah, you know, Mel's and I talked about this when we covered it. And, and I don't know if it's because I like I'm up in Canada, so I wasn't learning about this part of history. But I mean, stuff, I mean, the Tulsa stuff and I mean, sundown yeah. towns, all those kinds of things like I never really knew about until nobody does. Oh and yeah, so, no, we didn't either. It's right. not Nobody a Canada does. thing. It's a white people no. thing. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. Had no idea. Yeah, but the Tulsa thing is like, like there are people like they, I saw when when it came out when Watchmen did the episode, right? Yeah. Um, which I liked how their two takes are totally different, right? Like Watchmen is completely chaos and just you see all the horror and the action, and it's just like complete rioting and everything. 
No, what they did in Lovecraft was they showed that it wasn't just like a like businesses or like a like a strip of like store. Like it was neighborhoods. Like these people had really nice houses, like big houses with big property and things like that. And and it didn't matter because they were black and right. and they just decided that they didn't want them there anymore. And I, and I, I just I thought that, that was really powerful how they did that, how they how they Lovecraft took you into a made it much more personal than than, yeah. than like Watchmen yeah. did. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that makes you I mean, at least for me, it made me want to continue to learn more. I mean, after every right. episode, I feel like I was looking something up to see, okay, how much of this was true, what was fictionalized, because right. you know, like I know that all of this is very much true, but it's still television. So I wondered what was being sort of elaborated on or or emphasized or whatever. But it was this kind of show that, yeah, after every episode, I was looking things up to see what actually happened and learning more. And like right. Watchmen was doing the same thing. I still haven't finished that show. It's such a tra travesty. But anyways, <laughs> they are the kinds of shows that get me into that kind of thing. And it's like they're teaching me more than school ever taught me, than right. like anything ever prompted me to learn about. So I just I don't know. I I don't know if it's good or bad that TV is doing that. I, I tend to think it's a good thing, and I hope that other people are finding that sort of fulfillment from this show. But, yeah, I really like right. – and I like how you say it made it personal because then it pushes you, I think, to want to know more. So Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, what else? I mean, I think, you know, Mel's and I talked about this. Like, it definitely – it definitely got a little – uh, I don't know, rushed towards the end, I guess. Right. It, it, uh, there was some plot mechanics that I really didn't get into and some of the magic, it felt like it, they weren't really explaining it as well as they could be. And and maybe it was a timing thing and they didn't have, you know, the, the time or, or the space to do it. But when this show was good, it was really good. Um, like yeah. that premiere was one of my favorite episodes of TV this year, as totally. well as the one... Um, I'll probably say it wrong, but meet me in Daegu or Daegu, the the sixth oh, episode yes. where, you know, we meet uh, Gia. I mean, that's one of my favorite episodes from this year as yeah. well. I just thought and I saw some criticism that it it took away from the momentum of the show or um, I forget what else I had heard, but I, I know that people were hating on it. And I just don't get that. Like, I thought it added so much to the show, it added this really nice layer where by the end of it, you're just wondering how she's going to fit into the mix of everything. And it was so beautifully shot. So yeah, when the show was good, it was good. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Well, any other thoughts, Mel's? No, I mean, it was, I mean, even though it fizzled at the end, like we talked about, it was a phenomenal show and I really enjoyed it. And yeah. it taught me things just like we've talked about, you yeah. know, and and really opened your eyes to a lot of things that they were that you didn't know about and and the real struggles going on. And I was appreciative of that. Yeah, I almost didn't watch it because of that, because there because there had been I had watched so many other things. Like whether it be mm -hmm. the TV shows we talked about, oh, like Thirteenth on right. Netflix and stuff like that, and and I didn't know that I wanted to go through another show like that. I was like, maybe maybe being an ignorant white person for a little while, it wouldn't be the worst thing, but um, <laughs> but I just couldn't do it. But I mean, <laughs> so even the like of Acadian stuff, you know, 
it's become <laughs> part of you know everything I write. <laughs> but I, I think the show walked a good line. Like it, it definitely was still very entertaining. So even yeah. when things got heavy, it was like there's still all of this fun magic happening and sci-fi. Like stuff, the first so. Ruby being white episode. Man, that was wild. Yeah. Like when she gets bumped into by the by the pool black kid, and then like the cops show up, and you're yeah. just watching like this. Uh, please be an exaggeration, even though I know you're not. It's not. You know? Yeah, I yeah. know. I yeah. know. Oh. And I was really worried about that because I was like, "Are we going to just spend a lot of time with this white actress now, and they're going to completely sideline, you know, the quote unquote right. real Ruby?" So I, right. I was impressed with how that episode uh, just sort of introduced that as a possibility. But then, you know, we still got to see the actual actress that played Ruby. Right. And the disgustingness of Oof. when you switch back. Yes. Mm. Oof. Some good old body horror. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> Love Nothing it. Nothing like molting uh, human skin. Mm. <laughs> tasty yeah and wasn't there a scene where like ruby and christina were having sex and one of them switched like yeah i think like mid-orgasm yep. maybe yeah <laughs> did yep. any of you read the book i did, I did not, not read. no so i read the book like the weekend before it started and uh, i found it fascinating some of the stuff they changed and some of the stuff they didn't change and 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 I I'm sure you guys all know this, but the in the book there was no Christina. It was Caleb, and he was just the son. Okay. Huh. And everything else kind of tracked mostly the same way with it, but there was not this female empowerment angle that came with Christina because it just didn't exist because it was just Caleb. Right. Right. Um, and oh. and the other thing that I thought I didn't understand it, and Hannah and I talked a lot at a, uh, a lot about it. It was impossible to like Montrose, no matter how hard oh, yeah. they they made us want to like Montrose. But in the book, George didn't die, and they explained it by the book that that uh, is described is not 100% the actual book. You know, when when Tick goes forward in time and gets the book. Right. Right. Yeah. It's not, there wasn't any girl with a robot arm or anything like that. That was all completely show, which was neat. But George didn't die. And it was George that did most of the stuff that Montrose did in the show. Interesting. Oh, wow. Yeah. Interesting. It was really, really, it, it was a, it was an interesting change. Yeah, that one feels a little more confusing to me than the Christina one, because I feel like with Christina being in the mix and and then, you know, bringing kind of a white feminism to the show and exploring that with everything else, that kind of makes sense. I don't know that I uh, I kind of miss George right away when he was gone. Yeah, so definitely. That feels like a I don't know. Interesting. And you ladies weren't too crazy about Christina being like the big bad guy anyway, right? Not really. I don't feel like mm -hmm. she really, I mean, she was definitely evil. She was definitely a good villain. I just thought that there would be something more to it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. I don't, it's just something about when everybody's conflicted. Like I, I'm much more, I much prefer like 
easily defined good guys and bad guys <laughs> which is i guess is why i have like issues with like anime and stuff like that like because i just don't understand what the hell's going on okay but but like when there when there's like a person though that's kind of like i don't know i don't know why like i was i was kind of like hoping she wasn't so evil but like she was like i, I don't know well there, there was, was something... like there was a weird part of me that kind of wanted Ruby and Christina to get together, mostly just because right. I wanted to see like that female relationship play out. But then I kept telling myself, like, no, that's what's wrong with you. <laughs> right. <laughs> like that's, Ruby shouldn't be with Christina. But then I don't that's know. Not a healthy I, relationship. No, it's not. But I mean, I kind of liked that it made Ruby more complicated in that way. Like I I don't know. Right. It was hard to get a read on her in certain ways, but I think that was a good thing. Like it wasn't it wasn't that the actress was making strange choices or that her motivations felt weird. Like she was just a complicated person. So Right. For sure. Yeah, and I agree, Acadia, what you're saying about Montrose. Like, I mean, I think we talked about this when we talked about the finale Mel's, but it was like I don't know. If if they're doing a season two they need to do more redemption stuff with him because he still hasn't earned it. And I hate that. Like, mm -hmm. I hate that. I don't know. Right. I, I think they took a, a wrong turn with that character. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. There was nothing. I mean, it, I saw where they were trying. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it didn't. It just didn't. I don't know. It didn't, it didn't take. take. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah, it didn't. No, that's right. Like, it didn't feel right. No. And I wanted to love that scene so much where he was in, I don't know, I guess at the bar or club, whatever. And he was with Sammy and he finally had that moment and he was just like dancing and he was with his people. And it just was, it right. should have been so beautiful and powerful and it, like hints of it were there. But then you just remember like what he did and it's like, eh. yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, those are all my thoughts about Lovecraft. Do you guys have anything else to add? I think that it, like, you can put things on a graph that are things that are important and things that are good, and this mm. would be in both columns. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, I think it definitely. was important that it occurred. And even if it hadn't been as good, I mean, I, I get that. I mean, there's so much competition for eyeballs now that it's almost impossible to let something exist. You know, this exists because it should exist and you should watch it because it's important. It right. had enough entertainment value to sort of it was the spoonful of sugar that made the medicine that needed to go down go mm, down yeah right right you know and that's a that's a hard line to walk and it, they made mistakes i mean the the thing they did with the the trans um indigenous person yeah um the showrunner mm. you know did a mea culpa on twitter and said we were trying to do something and we failed we failed. Yeah. Like right. she didn't pull any punches. She's just like, we treated her and I can't, the, the character's name escapes me right now. Um, I think it's Yahima. Yahima. Yeah. Um, she's like, yeah, we were trying to show something and we just executed it terribly. And it was just a mistake. I so appreciate that she did that because yeah. I mean, it would be so easy for her to just have said, Oh, I don't know, just make some garbage up about how we're getting it wrong, you know? But, yeah, you don't get it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I really appreciate that. And that makes me trust a showrunner a lot more. And mm -hmm. I mean, even though I'm not super excited, like I'm not like, you know, just on the edge of my seat waiting for a season two, but I, it's definitely something I'll still watch and I'll probably check out other shows that she does. Mm -hmm. 
Right. Well, one other thing, and this will this would make you happy, and this is totally off topic, and you can completely cut it if you want to, but <laughs> uh, Misha Green, that showrunner, said if she could do anything she wanted, she would want to do a seven-season run of It. Holy. Seven seasons. Seven seasons. You know what? I respect that. A seven-season call for that? Yeah. Now, What's that, a season for each kid? Well, so... It's funny that you say that because uh, my wife, the very first thing she said was, "She's like, yeah, I don't need, I, I don't need a whole a, a whole year of George." And I was like, <laughs> "But if you told the story of just keep going back twenty seven years, right, and tell the story of what it was like starting before the Losers Club." You know, because they did it in the book. There was the bla- the right. fire at the black was, spot uh, and everything like fire, that. Yeah, yeah. If you if you told those stories going back, you you'd end up back pretty much to the colonization of America, right? right. And that could be pretty hot. Yeah, yeah that could be pretty cool. Yeah, and we can just be still, down for it. we can just still skip the kid orgy though. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We can we can definitely <laughs> skip that part. We'll skip and that the, uh, so yeah. hot. And it might be tough to sell a show where you know that everybody loses. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Over a season after season after season. I think no, some people no, dig cause, that. Because Wipeout, an American <laughs> Ninja Warrior. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it's the people who like root for the serial killer in, the, in like a horror movie. Mm, we'll be mm-hmm. into it. All right, well, I do have one more show. Does anybody have another show to talk about? No, I, but I've been waiting for yours. Yeah, no. let's, let's do it. Well, it's just yeah. that mine is like, it's a bit of a downer. <laughs> I probably should have oh. gone like earlier on in the show, but oh well. Mine is I May Destroy You, which is another HBO show. And I'll just say up front, like trigger warnings for like rape and sexual assault, homophobia, sprinkle in some racism and some sexism. It's uh, definitely a heavy show. Um, but if you can handle those themes, it's absolutely worth watching because it's one of the most realistic depictions of um, being a sexual assault survivor that I've ever seen before. And I think some of that has to do with, so the show's creator is Michaela Cole. And she um, she stars in it. She wrote it. She directed some episodes, I believe. She's also the creator of Chewing Gum on Netflix. And so this is kind of based on a true story that happened to her. And after it happened and she was kind of trying to, you know, deal with the aftermath of everything, she started reaching out to other women who had been in the same or, or similar positions. And so the story just really feels so real And I think that the reason that I really appreciate that is because after so many years and so many shows that get these subjects wrong or don't treat them with the weight that it deserves, it's a little bit like cathartic. It's a little bit vindicating to like actually see it handled properly. And I'm not saying it's the only show that's handled it properly, but it just does such a great job. And everything unfolds in such an organic way. Like I never feel like any of the reveals are for you know, shock value or or just for the sake of plot. Like, it just feels like a regular story that's being told. And I will say that it does have some humor. You know, the humor is a little bit dark. It can be a little bit 
dry. It's a British show, so it's like very witty and and like I said, a little bit dry, but it feels so right to have those moments of levity in there because in real life, even if you are going through a kind of a trauma or a tough time, let's even say like there is still going to be some humor in your life or, you know, from external sources, let's say. So I just, I think it's a really worthwhile show. I think it's like you were saying, Acadia, things that are important and things that are good. Like, I think it would also hit the mark for both of those things. Because right. it's just, it's really well put together, everything, like the writing, the directing, the acting, all of that. But it's also, I think it, in more ways than one, it discusses the topic of consent in in very, so for an example, like there's uh, one of the, characters is an actress and she's a black woman and in an audition she's being asked all these very personal questions and it makes you think like okay was everybody asked these questions were all the white actresses asked these questions were the men asked right. these questions and that's mm-hmm. certainly not as violating as a sexual assault but it is another issue of consent and like power dynamics and power structures and all that kind of thing so it's um and it's also just a story about friendship and kind of how we fuck up in friendships and how we can, you know, do better and and be better support systems for our friends and for our networks like that. And the finale, the ending of this show came out of nowhere for me, but it fits so well with the story that was being told. And it was so satisfying and I don't want to say more. I, I'm trying to be as like non-spoilery as possible because I don't think any of you have seen it. And I, I don't want to ruin it for listeners that might still want to watch. So, yeah, I mean, if you can if you can handle those those things, it's absolutely worth a watch. So, yeah, I've definitely wanted yeah. to watch it ever since you brought it up on one of our uh, episodes. And I just have not gotten around to doing it, but I really want to watch it. Yeah, it's definitely worth your time. And I think I said this before, like, don't don't binge it. Don't be like me and just like, get into a sad yeah. mood for like, you know, two days straight. Like uh, you could you could uh, spread it out. But it's also it may, it's one of those shows where every episode you're like, damn, I want more. So somehow, even though it's such a heavy show, it still does that for you, which I, I think is kind of cool. So really love nice. it. Yeah, yeah it sounds great. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 really good. Obviously, I chose it as a favorite, so I think that. But, uh, yeah, so that's what <laughs> I mean. I should like have uh, I should have said that earlier in the show because I feel like I brought the whole mood down. But no, no, no way. Well, did you guys have any ep- or not episodes, but shows that were like on your short list? Let's say, Chewy. I know you you mentioned Umbrella Academy. You watched yeah, definitely... it super quick. What did you think? I really liked it. Like I said, I hadn't I hadn't watched it at all. I hadn't seen it at all before. So both seasons were new to me this year, and I, and I just love I just love the dynamic between all the all the family. Um, I love number five is my favorite. Yeah, um, same. It's like the like the 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 old Jewish comedian in like a <laughs> you know a fifteen year old kid's body. Like it's just. Yeah. <laughs> Like that's what he sounds like. Like he sounds like an old time Jewish comedian. It's hilarious. And uh, <laughs> like I did have issues with, with like you guys did with the the multiple doomsday things, but I right. think that's a problem that you just have when you when you do a doomsday. Where the hell do you go from there? Right? Like yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. You know, like they did it. They had issues with that with like Buffy and Supernatural and all those shows. Like once you bring in like God and stuff, like where do you go from there? Like you can't really dial it back. And 
but I, I thought it was really funny and I look forward to the to seeing their you know their alter egos in this uh oh I know wherever they ended up yeah back in uh with what are they back called they're some kind of birds oh right yeah, yeah. Uh, sparrow were they sparrows yeah the okay. sparrow. Yeah, the sparrow yeah 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 so that'll be I fun. can't wait yeah, yeah that'll be fun Especially I'm, with Ben being yes. alive. Yes, that's yeah, what yeah. I was going to say. I was going to be so disappointed if that actor was just gone from the show. So, Well, I'm just happy that Kyle's will be back because he's easy on the eyes from what yeah. I understand. Oh, Wait, Klaus. who did you say, Klaus? <laughs> yeah. Klaus. <laughs> oh, uh, I love I, that guy. Oh, man, I still think about the scene where he's just like in the pool on that floaty thing, just like hanging yeah. out. Whenever I need to like find some inner zen, I just think about Klaus <laughs> in that pool. That's a happy place. <laughs> well, let's hope that they renew it because yeah. Netflix oh, is Netflix I, I is notorious did. for canceling. Yeah. yeah. They they did well, renew it, right. but they did renew other things that yes, they then very canceled. True. So yeah. Yeah, and Netflix has been really bad for that this year. Yeah, well, well this pandemic's screwing up everybody. Yeah. Well, I also read a thing that it's sort of Netflix is always chasing the next high that's going to get people mm. to sign up. Yeah. So yeah. they don't have as much. They figure if you've subscribed to Netflix for X amount of time that you're not going to drop. Yeah. Because your show got canceled. Right. That's why I think that's a philosophy. Cause I think like ch channels used to do that too, like Disney channel and stuff. Like they would do a show for like three years and that was it. They just, they were like, all right, that's, that's all we're going to give a show. We don't care about, you know, syndication or any of that. So right. yeah. we'll do it until they need to get, until they want to get paid and then we'll cancel it and do something else. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yep. Pretty you know? much because it doesn't matter because then they put that money into a new show that everybody's right. going to yeah. be talking about so like, new people subscribe. Right. Yep. So we're really doing it to ourselves. <laughs> we yeah. really are. Yeah. I was just having that internal thought process of like, no, he's right. I, I won't cancel my Netflix sub right. subscription no matter <laughs> right. how many shows I love that they cancel. But you know mm -hmm. what would be nice? I mean, maybe... Maybe take on a show and say, you get three seasons, that's it. And at least let these yeah. stories end. Because that's, yeah. I think, right. the biggest problem for me is that I keep getting invested in these things and they keep getting axed and I never get yeah. any fucking closure. That's the worst. Oh, that's I... why the best TV show of all time was The Lost Room on Sci-Fi. And why is that? Because it was a premise that had never been done. It was... I think six, it was a, it was a mini series on sci-fi and I think it was five episodes or six episodes. It had a beginning, a middle and an end. Mm -hmm. It, the, the universe they created had very specific rules that they did not break. Gotcha. And it was a premise that was completely new at the, and actually it hasn't been done since like, you know how, the 4400 on USA and Heroes and, I mean, honestly, any it, Umbrella Academy, like, people have powers. Mm -hmm, right. Mm -hmm. In the Lost Room, it wasn't people that had the powers. It was objects. And if you had the object, then you had that power. Oh. Wow. That's really So there cool. were people, like, the, the and this isn't a spoiler or anything because it's literally the beginning of the thing. There's a, there's a hotel key. And 
if you have the hotel key and you put it in any keyhole, you will go into a motel room from the 1960s. Oh. And nobody else can get in and you're completely safe and you can rest and anything you want. And then when you leave, you can go any place that you can picture that has a door. Wow. Wow. Huh. That's really neat. Yeah. That and all neat. the other objects, it's and the show is about people fighting over the objects and trying to figure out what getting them all together means and where they came from in the first place and everything like that. I think it's free on Tubi. I recommend it to anyone. If if you want to see a lot of mid 2000 flip phones and a lot of, (laughs) you know, 2006 fashion, this is the show for you, but it has um, Peter Krause, the guy from uh, six feet under. Okay. And Juliana Margulies. Wow. I very cool. I was yep. and so there was just like those five or six episodes. That was it. Yeah. And and they had talked about making it a series on sci-fi, but it all fell apart. And the series that they ended up making instead that was loosely based on the same premise was Warehouse 13. Okay. Where it was still oh, object right. based, but they were famous objects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Wow, that I mean, yeah, I wrote that down. I'm definitely going to watch that. You said it was on Sci-Fi, but maybe free on Tubi now. It's free. Um, last time I watched it, it was free on Tubi. What a name! Tubi. No. <laughs> Tubi. <laughs> All right. Well, anybody else with some shortlist picks? I mean, Mel's. I feel like we have other picks, but we'll save them for other shows. Right. Right. Yeah, I have a nice shortlist going on, but I I don't want to. Spend all my cash in one spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you have another, the first you have, at the first souvenir you. stand in the park. That's usually my. That's usually what happens when I went to Disneyland. I bought like six pairs of different kinds of uh, ears at ears. the first place that we went, and I I had two more days at the park and no money. No left. money for so, money for lunch. Yeah. <laughs> No money for lunch, but I had the Ariel and I had the Aurora and I had all of the different uh, Jack Skellington ears that you can think of. Well, that's important. (laughs) That is important. I'll recommend in case people have stopped it or forgotten about it or whatever. The fact that American Dad moved to TBS has made it. It's just as good, if not better than it was. Oh, it's definitely better. Yeah. And Roger is straight up the best character on <laughs> the <television>. best character. <laughs> See, Beyond now that you brought up a doubt. cartoon, I, I have to mention Rick and Morty because season four came out this year and was and was hilarious. Yeah, for people who haven't seen it, it's about an old guy who figured out how to travel between dimensions. So it's kind of like dealing it's with like it's, Back to the Future, right? Well, it's kind of like dealing with like almost like a like Dr. Manhattan and Watchmen where like he lives at all times and everything. So reality means like nothing to him. Like our reality means nothing to him. Yeah. It's kind of like the same thing with him because he can just switch to another reality where he has his grandkids and stuff. So if they die, well, whatever. But then it, wow. goes on to, it goes into like, you know, how that's not really kind of the truth. And But there's a. Season four had a lot of really good episodes. It was, I think, a full 10 episodes eventually, but it was uh, really good. Nice. Yeah, well, actually, what are you guys watching right now? Hellstrom. And what's that? It is. Oh, I watched that. That was good. 
it was a uh, apparently it's based on a Marvel comic book. It's on Hulu. It's a it's DC about... comic. Oh yeah, it is a Marvel. You're right. right. Yeah, it was oh. about a brother Sorry. and sister who are both. Their father was a demon and also a serial killer, and their mother was just a normal person. But when you start right. out the show, the mother is possessed, and it basically goes on from there. Okay, it was the yeah. kind of thing it's we, a Hulu we did. Show. It, we we have a we have a thing on Castle Rock called the Society Try, where we try something just to see if it's going to be any good. Gotcha. So we tried it, and then I ended it. We we ended up watching. Um, we're almost done with it, um, and it, I mean it. It's it's. I mean it's not. It wasn't on my list, but it's not the worst thing. In the it's world. good. Yeah, it was. It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't like the top show of the year, but it was a good. Like it was. It was a good show to stream. It had. Let me put it this way. It had some really good practical effects. Like the horror yeah. aspect cool. they really okay. leaned into. Like one yeah. of the one of the things that is just the creepiest, um, and this will just make your skin crawl. The daughter <laughs> used to the father would come home from trips and give her presents, but the presents were actually trophies from his kills. <gasps> yeah. Ooh. How creepy is that? I love it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know I love that. There's a show on Fox called Prodigal Son. I've heard of this. Yeah. Michael Sheen's in it, and he's awesome. And the guy who played Jesus is the main character. The guy who played Jesus on Walking Dead. Uh, and okay. There, he was a serial killer, and and then it goes into you know now it's a bunch of years later. He's locked up somewhere. Uh, the son, of course, is a profiler and has all sorts of mental issues and stuff. But it goes into a lot of that same stuff with the father. It's just no supernatural aspect of it. But the, the father being a serial killer and it being Michael Sheen is, is really good. And it's actually a show that's coming back in January. I heard nice. that was a good show. Yeah. Because there's so few good shows on network television. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I know. You know? I mean, it's not fair for, I mean, and it's, I, I'm finding myself feeling ridiculous sticking up for the networks, but it, <laughs> they have to get people to watch at a specific time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they have a lot of time to fill. It was like, I always thought it was unfair that Fox went off at 10 because that was seven <laughs> hours a week that they didn't have to program. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. They do have a lot of time it to is. fill. Yeah. 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 Well, Mills, what are you watching right now? Um, the Queen's Gambit. Well, that well, I'm not okay. Let me rewind that. It's not. It's the last thing that I watched. So, yeah. um, but that is my most current uh, thing, and it was it was amazing. Yeah, agreed. Maybe we'll talk about that in an upcoming episode. Yeah, you yeah. I'm two episodes in. I'm loving it. I'm really loving it. Yeah, I mean, I have a few I issues the girls with it, in but, it are uh, great. yeah, the acting is amazing for sure. Yeah, yeah, the kids are great. Well, I just started watching The Crown, and ah. that was a show that I ah. always said I was not going to watch because I was specifically just very bitter that Claire Foy won an Emmy uh, over Carrie Russell. 
I always said that they picked mm. the wrong Elizabeth character because they both uh. played Elizabeth. <laughs> um, so I was like, no, I'm never going to get into it. Nope, I'll never watch it. It sounds stupid. Fuck that. And then I didn't realize like how quickly it was going to progress because this most recent season uh, is focusing on Princess Diana. And I'm like, all right, so are they going to get to Meghan Markle? Because I'm kind of a huge fan of Meghan Markle. And I was like, do I just watch that season or do I have to go back and watch the whole thing? And I hate that I have to say this, but The Crown is a really good show and I love it. <laughs> it is. I know. It's made me cry like three times already. And I'm like, I fucking yeah. hate this show, but I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Did you watch it, Mel? It's a really good yeah. show. I haven't watched this season with Diana yet, yeah. but I've watched all the other seasons and I I really enjoy that show and I'm glad that it progresses as fast as it does because yeah. that's what's kept me interested in it, yeah. you know? Yeah, so I'm excited to keep uh, chugging along with that. I just finished season one, so yeah. What about that's Shui? Cool. Did you say what you're watching right now or was it Prodigal Son? I uh, know it's uh it was it was I started watching Queen's Gambit. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Yesterday actually, yeah. Nice. And I, like I said, I'm loving it so far. So awesome. Well, you guys, thank you so much for being on the show and you know, just for taking time out on your weekend to come and record this. This has been such a blast. It's been a total like epic moment for me. Maybe you'll have me on your <laughs> show now. <laughs> yeah. Oh yes. yeah. Sure. <laughs> Canada is a messed up place and I cannot wait yeah. to talk about it with you. Awesome. Yeah, I'll, I'll be the Canadian <laughs> correspondent. I'm super happy to jump in with that role. <laughs> I love that. Our Canadian correspondent. <laughs> Reporting live from Saskatchewan. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I know it's no good for a podcast, but I will wear like a toque and a parka every time I come and correspond for you. <laughs> uh, Only if it. you quote the McKenzie brothers. Okay, we'll take off, eh? <laughs> <laughs> it's literally one of my favorite things ever like earlier this year i forget what it was but something or somebody went into space and it was bob and doug and i was like they they're finally taken off like this is amazing i, I still listen to their christmas song every uh, year the best the 12 the best. days of christmas oh yes that's two it. turtlenecks yeah. <laughs> I love when they start getting off beat and forgetting the words and stuff. It's so <laughs> and like, and here we are, day twelve. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> Wait, so so Jasmine, you know, being Canadian, so so uh, Murdoch Mysteries is one of your favorite shows. <laughs> Uh, no, it's not, but it's definitely uh, a lot of my family members uh, will, they love a good Murdoch Your mystery. older family members, yes. I would assume. Yes. My wife loves that show. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's uh She it's loves Yannick Bisson, uh, however you say his name. Who's that? The, the star of it, Yannick Bisson or oh. Bisson. Do not know. Yeah. Uh, whoever that guy is, she loves him. He was on a bunch of other shows she loved. Like Sue Thomas FBI, which I think was another Canadian show from the early 2000s. I am not overly familiar. I mean, I know Canadian television, but I don't watch a lot of it. I mean, Schitt's Creek, absolutely. But we don't have a lot oh, of sure. great exports up here in, in terms of TV. So, yeah, they just film everything there. It's true. Yeah. We give you guys a break and yeah. Yeah. Well, anyways, thank you so much for being here, you guys. This was a lot of fun. Um, I would love if you guys would sign off the way you do on Strangeful Things. So <laughs> I will say thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll see you soon. And count your blessings. 
Keep on flapping. (laughs) (laughs) Bye bye. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Damn Fine TV podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. Come hang out with us on Instagram and Twitter at Damn Fine TV. You can find me on Instagram at Damn Fine Witch and Mel's at Superficial Mel's. And if you're watching TV, make sure it's Damn Fine TV. Damn Fine TV. I don't think that you can get too much Twin Peaks. All right, everyone got their flim flams on? My flim flams turned all the way up, up to, to G. <laughs> 11. Oh, perfect. I usually try to go for a J, but G was so good. one. Well, American G is Canadian J, so we're actually yeah. pretty good. <laughs> perfect, perfect. The conversion works then. Yeah.